0: Hello and welcome back to a week in politics. It has been a very long time. We started this podcast when we were in school and now we've all graduated with degrees and we thought let's bring it back while we're in lockdown. So firstly, welcome back to the podcast. So obviously since we've been gone there's been so much going on in politics but I can't summarize it all in in 40 minutes. So it's been a week full of controversy. We saw the Prime Minister's chief aide cause discontent due to the breaking of lockdown and, but in positive news, the UK government announced shops will reopen next month in order to get the economy back on track. The new Labour leader, representing the many, not the few, knight of the realm, Sir, St- Sir Keir Starmer, has brought a new tactic to PMQs. That tactic being putting everyone to sleep with his wooden personality and uh, his personality of a wooden table. Um, but first... Uh, let's get into it and let's introduce the panel today. So of course we've got the usual, the regulars, Albert Jennings, Ed Bowyer and Odysseus Calantaridis back for another try at this podcast but it wouldn't be a week in parts without a special guest and this one we couldn't, we had to bring him back for the first one. It is Mr. Matthew Fender. Uh, it's an honour to have you back <laughs> Matthew on the, uh, on the podcast for the, for the reinventing of it all.
1: Ah, thank you very much <laughs> It's It's great to be back. It's been a it's been I think it's been over three years, actually. Rather I than think it has, years, yeah. It's been, been long long yeah it's been a long time. I think the last one I did, I came back very briefly after I finished school and started uni. I came back during my Christmas break when you lot were still at school. Mm. And I did one then, I Are, think. Yeah I, that, yeah, I remember
2: that, yeah. We did, yeah. we
1: did.
0: It was all, yeah, it's all great. But so, in today's, uh, in today's show, we're going to be uh, rounding up our views on uh, the, the biggest news of the week, which is Dominic Cumming breaking uh, the lockdown rules. Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, general coronavirus and what we think of the furlough scheme and the efforts the government have gone to to make sure this country does not fall into economic ruin. Uh, then, of course, I'll throw the, it over to uh, our special guest, asking a few questions about his time in politics. Uh, before going into a mailbag, Albert will be bringing back Zimbabwe Corner, and we'll round it off with a new invented Wheel of Fortune, but it's the question of the week, uh, which is being given to us by one of our listeners, in Swansea. So getting on with the, uh, the podcast, Dominic Cummings. Obviously, we all know what the news is. Dominic Cummings this week, uh, oh, it, it, a couple of weeks ago, it's come out that he has broken lockdown uh, and has caused this big uh, discontent uh, throughout the country on what he has done, got, uh, driving 260 miles up to Durham. Uh, Albert, what do you think of uh, Dominic Cummings and uh, his position?
2: Well, he, he he does seem to have broken the rules in some regard, uh, be that the spirit of the rules or possibly driving to test your eyesight to Barnard Castle <laughs> or whatever that whatever that weird thing is. Uh, whether he should resign or not, I, I don't know if it's the most important thing in the world at the moment. That's my that's kind of my opinion on it. Really, like, yeah, he may have broken the rules, but I don't feel that it's like the biggest issue that's going on like in the UK at the moment. That's my mm. opinion, anyway. Yeah. Ed, what do you think?
3: I was going to say I'm I'm kind of the same in Albert, where I think it's not like the biggest thing ever. I will say I don't personally hate the guy, but I do think it's a kind of a good uh, good thing that he's getting so much shit, just because uh, it's kind of setting an example of like what not to do. If that makes sense, like everyone's being like he's done, he's been in the wrong, so that's kind of a good thing for everybody, just to. Have someone to point to and be like, "Yeah, you shouldn't be doing this kind of thing." Yep.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I
3: don't actually hate the guy,
0: Matt. What do you think as a conservative on the podcast? What's what's your opinion?
1: Um, my opinion on this matter is rather decidedly mixed. I'm not. U- I don't usually have mixed opinions on things. It's usually very clear cut whether I support <laughs> it or oppose it. I do. I do take the view that Albert and Ed have previously said that this certainly isn't the biggest issue that the country is currently facing. I mean, we're still in a lockdown scenario. You know, We've still got a lot of issues that we have to face. And I do think the media have really gone to town on this story probably a bit too much. Mm. Um, And as has been proven, um, a considerable number of the stories printed about Dominic Cummings by the Observer and the Sunday Mirror have actually proven to be false. Namely, he took a second trip. Uh, to Durham, which was a front page headline for Sunday Mirror. Um, I personally don't think, in a legal sense, um, he broke the the rules entirely, um, because it does state, um, in in exceptional circumstances, about what what you can do in order to provide for the safety of your family, especially if you have children. but I do have an issue, I mean, I, I do think this, this story about him driving to Barnard Castle for testing his eyesight, I have issues with that. I think that that paints a very confusing picture that I think um, probably do need, does need a bit more clarification. Um, but I, and I think from a, a PR point of view, it's not a terribly good look because there have obviously been hundreds of people in this country who have been in very, very bad situations, but didn't have that, um, that option open to them, what Cummings did. Well, I would say that it has done. I don't think Cummings, this is going to be the story that gets rid of Cummings. I don't think this is going to get rid of him at all. I think, I think it's too late for that now. But what I will say is that it's shown that he, is, um, he he's not invincible. Until this point, I would say that he, he was able to portray very much an image of invincibility, that he was able to get everything right, that he was able to move the, um, read the public mood very well. He hasn't really been able to do that on this occasion. Indeed, one poll um, suggested 55% of Conservative voters thought he should have resigned. Mm. I, I'm not personally of the opinion that he should resign over this now. But I, I but what I would say is that it, it no longer presents him as invincible, and I think he's on very dicey ground at um, on certain points.
0: Yeah, no I, I, as a conservative myself, I completely uh, agree with with what you said. he's not invincible anymore uh, coming, into, coming into all of this, he was portrayed this man who ran government and always won and i think now he's realized what it's like to be on the losing end of, of the media. Mm. Um Odiseus what do you make of, of Dominic Cummings and his antics over uh, the past month? Odysseus Odiseus you're on yeah. mute. God
1: almighty.
0: No he's not on mute. i think he's i think he's gone. Uh anyway he's we'll, lost we'll, words. we'll we'll move on from that. Um, so i was talking about what do you think this will have impact on uh, upcoming conservative um you know elections uh opinion polls what do you think this will have in a long term for the conservative party albert
2: well i i don't i think it's it's less about the conservatives i think it's more of a bit of a a perfect storm with regards to cummings with regards to not liking politicians for thinking you know that they can do what they want with regards to lockdown and not liking him specifically like i don't really think that this in the long term would affect too badly on boris or the others necessarily yeah i think that i think there's a lot of sort of probably a lot of remain supporters and other people who like don't like him and i know that I, within the conservative party themselves there's lots of people that don't like him because they see him as a sort of like you know grubby type figure who, who was got involved in you know winning the referendum through potentially dubious means so yeah I think that that is, that's what I would think, really. Uh, yeah,
1: it, it's, it, it's an odd one with, with Cummings himself. I mean, I, again, I have mixed views on him. I, I do think that somebody like him is needed in the government to you know, help to reform the civil service, help to reform the way that government is run, because I think the civil service is in dire need in, in many ways of reform. It's an incredibly bloated bureaucratic service that needs a, that needs a kick at the backside. To be perfectly honest, but the, the issue with somebody like Dominic Cummings is that he there does get a point where somebody that where, pe- where people like him do become a bit of a liability. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, he he used to work during the coalition years. He used to work as an advisor to Michael Gove when he was Secretary of State for Education. And he was actually helping to push through a lot of the changes to education that Michael Gove was spearheading at his time as Secretary of State. Uh, Changes, which I should point out as a teacher trainer, by and large, I thought they were the right thing to do. Were they always delivered in the correct way? Not necessarily. Um, I think in terms of the Conservative Party and the current government's electoral fortunes, I've got to be honest, I've never seen so many Conservative MPs getting such a flap about... Um, our prospects about a
2: our potential results in the general even, election that's, even, four, that's four and a half years away. yeah even our local mp uh, andrew jones was getting involved he did uh, which is, a, which, is a, which is a rare very rare <laughs> and very rare sh- occurrence indeed <laughs> yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think i think i should <laughs> i
1: should sh- 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 note with andrew jones i know him quite well it is the first <laughs> time i've ever seen him go against the government's official line
2: Dead, yeah, like.
1: genuinely, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's
0: because it's it, you know if Andrew Jones, our RMP, uh, didn't back Boris Johnson for the leadership he, again when he won. He announced that he'd be, you know be loyal and th- and that, but uh, you know he didn't he didn't back him. I think this is a perfect opportunity no. for the for the MPs that didn't back him to show that they're, they're not happy with his style of leadership, or shall I say Dominic Cummings' his style of leadership? Um, well, just moving the on- thing
3: I was going to say uh, just quickly, like we are saying, like um, how would it affect the Conservatives? There's like um, Matt said, a lot of conservative voters disagreed with what he did, and the fact that I think, in and of itself, it probably wouldn't have done anything. But the fact that uh, Boris Johnson and a few other key conservatives have, have like gone out of their way to say that to support him is, is is definitely like soured a lot of people against conservatives. However, I don't really think I don't know how much of a big difference it would make.
1: You can, so. see, you, can you, you can say that, but like today, I mean. There was a poll out yesterday. I think it was Savanta, one of the big polling companies. They showed that in the four-day in in four period from um, Saturday until yesterday, Boris's personal approval rating had dropped 19 points um, yeah. to, to minus one. But today their poll came out and he's gone up nine points to plus seven. And he's gone up, he's gone up um, nine points in just one day. So yeah, there, I mean, is, there, is, there is every likelihood that this is a temporary blip in his personal support and in the government's uh, support. yeah stuff like this like scandals
3: yeah. tend to get people very worked up very quickly but then i think
1: people yeah. burn out
0: pretty quickly yeah yeah, yeah and i um, think uh, yeah yeah i was just going to just say uh you know it's come from all of this from this whole dominic things, it's shown a different side to the mass media in in the united kingdom uh you know the hashtag scum media has been trending for three days now um what do you think people like, uh, Kate Burley, um, Emily Maitlis has been, uh, you know, uh, yeah. reports to Ofcom more times than any other news reporter so far this year. And also Adam Bolton on Sky. What are we thinking about this, how this whole thing actually has opened up a more of a resentment towards national media?
1: The, I mean, can I go first? Of course you can, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I, I have got to say, in terms of how the national media have acted throughout the coronavirus crisis, by and large, with, with some notable exceptions, um, particularly people like Dan Walker, I think, is a, is a very notable exception. A lot of journalists in, in the media are coming across very, very badly at the moment for the way that they have handled themselves um, throughout this crisis. I mean, in particular, example, I think Piers Morgan. Is a very relevant example of this because it's got to the point where government ministers are now refusing to go on Good Morning Britain when he's on it because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't let them answer questions. There are ways of answering questions where you don't interrupt people, where you don't sh- just shout and scream and bellow at them, and that's exactly what Piers Morgan does. And he, I, I accept that he's always done it, but he's just he just gets angry, and it's it's not actually pleasant to be involved in or pleasant to witness. And I think Adam Bolton does exactly the same thing when he's on Sky News. I mean, the other day when Dominic Cummings did his press conference afterwards, afterwards Adam Bolton on Sky News was interviewing Alistair Campbell, who, of course, is a very big critic of Dominic Cummings, who, just, just to put it out there, Alistair Campbell is the last person I would want to be interviewing about how to do good PR. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after what happened with the Iraq War, and then he also had on Darren Grimes. Um, he, have, you, have any of you heard of Darren Grimes?
0: I have, yeah. The um, yeah, no, I have the Durham, yeah, he, Durham guy.
1: Yeah, that he's from County Durham. He was a a big Brexit activist. He's, he's only about our age, um, and basically, Adam Bolton lets Alistair Campbell speak uninterrupted about what he wanted to say about Dominic Cummings. As soon as he went over to Darren Grimes to ask what he wanted to say, Darren Grimes barely got a sentence through and he started attacking him and asking him really quite harsh questions and being very accusatory towards him. And I can understand why a lot of people are very angry with certain journalists in the media at the moment. I mean, the media's support ratings have plummeted in the last few months. And I think it is down to the conduct of journalists well, like Piers Morgan and Adam Bolton.
2: I think, I think one thing as well with, with the media recently, particularly with the big uh, actual print newspapers, is that they're aware that in normal times, sales of print, actual print newspapers are down, and now it's yep. going to be even worse for them. So... Hmm. Basically they're trying to print stories that will sell papers. So yeah. be you yeah. know, be that the most sensational thing that Dominic companies has done this week yeah. or the most outrageous opinion that they can find from whoever, you know. So yeah. That's I, only going to increase really with some in a situation like we're in at the moment. Yeah, I, I I think that's
1: entirely correct. And unfortunately a lot of those sensationalist headlines are
2: being done at the expense of in many cases the factual truth yeah possibly, um, you know. oh, it it's the same Sunday it's the co- same it's the same with like supposed you know treatment for coronavirus what medicines you can take and all kinds of things like that you know which happens online as well you know aren't yeah, necessarily exactly. accurate. yeah it's mm. and it, it and it becomes
1: dangerous actually in many ways yeah yeah that's something we don't want to see no, no exactly
0: so uh you know Dom, dominic cummings has obviously been the the Significant negative side to the um, you know to the government coronavirus uh, strategy and their message they're trying to get across. Uh, but on the good side, could we say that the their furlough scheme, uh, which has put three hundred thirty-two billion pounds uh, back to the people, um, would you say that that is a good bit of um, economic strategy uh, to? Win people over to get people on the government side. They're not against cuts anymore. Or do you think it's bad? Do you think we're not going to ever be able to recover from this uh, furlough and this mass borrowing, which we haven't seen from a Conservative government ever?
2: Well, I, I can say from a personal perspective, I, I got two hundred pounds from my employer oh. as a result of the furlough scheme. So uh, it's, it's been a positive for me. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, go on. You can say. You say, say what you want. <laughs> My big
1: concern with the furlough scheme is that in, in many cases, it is a form of delayed redundancy, in which case, in a, in a huge number of um, circumstances, it, it just becomes wasted money. Um, I heard the case of one big company, I think it was a, it was a motor company somewhere based in this country, in which um, the furlough scheme, I think, had been extended, was it October or November around that period? Um, the, the head of the company just said, "Well, we'll just make them redundant when the furlough period ends." Then, so the big concern, because they they still work, because even with the support furlough scheme, they're still not making enough money to be able to pay their own workers, mm. uh, and that's the big concern I have. I think in some cases, furloughing workers will work, and you'll be able to get these workers back. My bi- but my big worry is is that in many forms it is just a form of delayed redundancy hmm. so as a result of this you need we need to start getting the economy back up and running which fortunately the government is beginning to do i accept yeah. the need for doing it in, in a staged manner like with opening non-essential shops um, next month now but we've got to start doing it quickly otherwise things are just going to get worse and worse and worse
3: yeah Can say one thing about fellows it was not it's not so much about fellows itself but it's kind of like I don't really like this attitude that a lot of conservatives have had towards furloughing. I can't remember who said it, but basically, who was it that said that like, Oh, we need to wean people off furloughing. I don't know. I I think I'm I'm in the same way where I think we can't, it's like a temporary solution. You can't rely on forever. However, I think it's worth saying that I don't think most people are very happy to be furloughed. Like uh, most people are on, I mean, everyone's on less pay and, most people don't like to not work. I think that's fair to say. Like, yeah, yeah. But, so I, that's not so much a thing against uh, furloughing itself, or even in favor of it necessarily. But it's just like a lot of people uh, seem to have this weird idea that people somehow really enjoy being furloughed
1: I, I, I would say it probably should have been worded differently, certainly, but I don't think it's entirely inaccurate in what it's actually trying to say. I mean, I've known I know of a case where a Skit company um, that my family have been using because we've been doing a lot of gardening recently. We haven't had much else <laughs> to do, um, uh, but this this Skit company started getting back up and running um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, they told all their workers who who had been furloughed, right, we're now going to go back to work, and a couple <laughs> of the workers and a couple of the workers turned around and said to them. Oh, we but we don't want to. Can we have a bit more time off? And the company said, "Well, if you don't want to work, um, here's your notice." The, uh, so, I,
3: I would also say I, I do agree. I think obviously there are cases where people. I'm not saying everybody loves to to work, and like uh, there are definitely some chances. But there is also a thing where I think people. I think I think it is a. It can be a legitimate concern about going back to work, where it's not safe. Like uh someone I know has gone back to work, and they've basically said that, like, oh yeah, we can't social distance like there's no, there's no possibility of doing it but I, yeah, I, I would say I don't think it's necessarily people being selfish by saying they don't want to go back to work
1: no i don't I don't disagree with that i ju- I just think that sometimes the government needs to i think it needs to readdress the impact of furloughing um try and work out they need to get in their heads a firm date about when yeah it it, when it effectively does need to be eased out so we can try and get our economy permanently back on the on the on the the one
2: one thing i have noticed with the furloughing schemes i know during lockdown the government put a lot of money into helping uh rough sleepers have accommodation places to Mm -hmm. stay which i know has has been discontinued or is unlikely to be continued afterwards and it's something that i would hope that the government would put more money into trying to help those people mm-hmm. Be not not necessarily in the exact same way that it's yeah. done now but certainly that is a real that's a real problem that the government does need to spend some money on yeah i, think, yeah, I,
0: I, I think agree think so too i think it's it's one of those things where it's you know homelessness has got to happen especially at this time when you know on the streets but Again, I mean, it's, but you know I mean, they, 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 the government.
2: The government was able to find the money during lockdown to sort this out. No, it so is. You think uh, they and and should be able to find it later to sort it? Out? And I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But
0: they've got to. But the main thing is with this furlough scheme is definitely this money can't last forever.
2: No, the, um, it
1: can't last forever, I mean, It's and got to get the economy know, we're, moving again. And we're borrowing billions and billions and billions of pounds in order to basically keep our economy afloat and try and keep businesses afloat. And part, and a large chunk of that is going through the furloughing scheme. And Mike, I mean, I, I I I get what Albert is saying about rough sleepers. and I think it is a significant achievement. I think it was ninety percent or something of rough sleepers being got off the streets. But the issue, it's a difficult one though, because we do have to kind of address the the issue of the debt that for, that this crisis is going to leave us with. But I I think a large part of doing that is to try and get businesses back up and running as normal. I mean, the government was was. Increasing the homelessness budget anyway before this crisis even began, and was having some success yeah. in um, decreasing the level of homelessness. Homelessness was go- was finally after many many years um, is, going down. It is one of those problems. It is
2: it's a really visible thing, especially in, yeah. in Manchester where I not not where I am at the moment, yeah. but where I often am. You know, is a kind of thing that is something that should be tackled. And if they have, and and obviously they've I, well, they've had some sort of framework of doing it at this point if if you know if they could use that to somehow not in not necessarily on such a mass scale but you know think about it in some way it would be a good thing is always what i would mean i mean yeah,
3: it'd be good yeah. if they didn't if it wasn't just because of a deadly pandemic that they started helping homeless people
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's yeah. true i no. i I do, I, do, I do get that point it's 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 fine it's a delicate balancing act really in many ways yeah because no, that's
2: yeah. the thing
3: I, I agree with matt completely because like obviously we need the economy. We need to also be thinking of the future, but on the other hand, yeah. we do need to think about people dying. I guess, yeah,
0: I suppose that's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. So it's morbid, Matt. Uh, obviously, uh, we've chosen you. Obviously, it was a unanimous decision to have you back on on the podcast for the the first ever <laughs> the reboot episode. Huh. Um, and we just want to ask you a few things. We know you've been uh, actively involved in politics uh throughout this um the general election and, and before and we know you've stood many times as well so just want to quick ask you a few questions about it. do a quick interview um i just want to say what's it like do you for, for you to be a young conservative um i mean i obviously
1: i enjoy it quite i enjoy it quite a lot i mean the conservative party you know it is very securely my political home it has been for a very long time though i couldn't ever contemplate joining any other party um i've made some great friends in the conservative party um both um attending and um, several events whether that be locally or nationally and at university because in Sheff in sheffield we had um um we had there was a conservative conservative society at my university in sheffield and we we had a great time we did a lot of um, things that we really enjoy we did a lot of campaigning it was great fun
0: yeah um because obviously i'm i've political secretary of my own concerted or was before before this um before i got jousted out um but <laughs> <laughs> but uh i just wanted to say you know being involved at a, on a university setting what do you think the hostility like being conservative at university do you think it is um <laughs> you know do you think there is a is a hostile environment or do you get on with the other political societies? No, no group yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, that host, I, that host, it, the hostility is there i mean it it I, I wouldn't say it's constant because i think i think that's a gross overstatement but the, histo- the hostility it, it, it is certainly there that there have been run-ins with other societies not in a necessarily bad way i mean in terms of the the amount of, I mean, there were many left-wing societies at Sheffield University. There were lots. There was the Official Labour Society. Um, I've got a great story about them. In my third year, um, they were due to host a talk with Chris Williamson, who, of course, very controversial oh, okay. figure in the Labour Party. It was during the period where he'd been suspended from the Labour Party. Um, the Jewish Society at Sheffield... Really kicked off about it because obviously he's made very controversial statements about anti Semitism. The, the Students' Union didn't officially cancel the event, but they essentially just said to the Labour side, It's probably best that you don't hold it because we don't want to have like a big fuss or anything. Two of their committee members had already resigned um, in protest against the event being held. And when uh, the, the Students' Union said that to the Labour committee, all of them resigned. So because they no longer had a functioning committee, they were then defunct as a society, and us as the Conservatives were now the largest political society on campus.
0: Wow. Which That's was very like
1: entertaining. Is very... <laughs> by and large, we got along well with them. We get along fine with the Lib Dem Society, all, all three of them. We um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. get along fine with them. Greens we got on really well with. The Green Society's actually surprising. got some really nice beef. We've got some nice people mm. in it. The the Green Party's big in Sheffield. They've got eight councillors there. And Yeah, they, they do. The
2: the mayor the, isn't the, the mayor is Green, isn't
1: he? Uh, the former Mayor, last Well oh, the former mayor. yeah, the mayor I knew that was the uh, mayor, it was Green. Uh, I gotta be honest, my opinion of him is not very high,
2: I've got to Didn't he get kicked out of the European Parliament for wearing like a hoodie or something? And or, uh, he, he did. Or um, something weird like that, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: he actually wrote a very critical review of the European Parliament um, when he became an MEP, which was very interesting. Yeah. Um, but there are other more niche political societies at Sheffield, like you've got your socialist students. I was going to say,
3: do you have like a Marxist society? Because we have yeah, the audience. Yeah, the
1: Marxists, actually, very lovely people. We did a debate. <clears> with, we we did a debate with them once, and it went really well. And they were yeah. actually really really not I
3: wasn't nice. i was shit Yeah, it's they,
1: interesting. They, yeah, they were more theoretical. They were more into their reading of Marxism and reading yeah. books about it, stuff like that. They weren't really bothered about active
0: politics
1: and whatnot.
3: They're not going to be starting yeah. a revolution anytime the good, soon. The yeah. good one.
0: Yeah, the good no, one look, of mine was the plied Cumbrie Society. Um, <laughs> um, no, they had they had they actually weren't a society because didn't have enough members to become a society. Um, so they were just sort of a group on campus, and uh, <laughs> they were they were fantastic. We did an election pub crawl once, and each each uh, society went around as a team, and they had two people, and obviously had to drink in every pub, and two of them <laughs> it was it was they they went didn't make it to the end. Let me just say that they were um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. man down uh, in that one, but you, but you just yeah.
1: What I think the craziest society at my university, in my third year, they went very, very quiet. There's a society called the Free University of Sheffield. And these guys, they were set up in the wake of the tuition fees row during the coalition years, specifically to essentially just abuse Nick Clegg, because he of course is Sheffield MP. (laughs) Um and they were they were full of Probably some of the nastiest people I've ever come across in my whole life. <laughs> they were really unpleasant, could be very rude, um, very threatening as well to people as well. God. But they, they became a bit of a comic meme in, in the university, because in my second year, there were the lecture strikes, and um, um, the strikes have pretty much, I'd say about 90% support from Sheffield students, but mm-hmm. then the Free University of Sheffield decided to occupy one of the main uni buildings called the Arts Tower, and they completely closed it off, and the Arts Tower is mainly used by architecture students, and they occupied it and shut it down, whilst the architecture students were doing their exams oh no so it fuck? was it was really it, 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 it was really bad i mean it was yeah. it was com- it was comically bad i mean they did it, they posed with a photo in the foyer of the arts tower all there were about 20 of them and they were holding up you know typical left-wing things like they were holding up a palestinian flag which i then pointed out on their facebook post was the wrong way up <laughs> um, stuff like that really hacks me off um, and they were holding so, but,
3: but, but, were they occupying it in protest of the strikes or in
1: favor in favour of the strikes, right? They, but they then release, they then released a list of demands which have nothing to do <laughs> with the strikes apart from get pay lectures in full and whatnot. I mean, one of their demands literally was boycott Israel and get rid of Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, seriously, I mean, it was crazy.
2: And then uh, the I'm, sure the uni- of- I'm sure the University of Sheffield has a lot of jurisdiction over there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: I'm sure, they're able then, to sort that and, out. And Matt, <laughs> but then one of the uh,
0: but. Oh yeah, yeah no. Sorry, sorry, Matt. I was just go, just going to move on to the uh, the, the council um, thing. So I know you ran for Sheffield. Was it Sheffield Council?
1: Sheffield City Council. Yeah. Sheffield
0: City Council. What was it like? Obviously, having a campaign and, and being a you know on a ballot.
1: Well, I didn't really have my own campaign. I was standing as a paper candidate. Oh. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, hey. I, it was interesting. It, I mean. I put my name forward, just out of the service of the local party, which has actually seen a relatively good spike in membership recently, but at the time, I ran twice, I ran in 2018 and I ran in 2019, in a very set, what what was, for many years, was a very safe Labour ward called Walkley, where I, in my second year, I, I actually lived there, and in my third year, I lived just outside it. And uh, no, it was it was very interesting. It's it's quite nice having your name on a on a ballot paper and being able to vote for yourself. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I and I w- I went to the cow, um, Obviously, not expecting to win. I had no no hope of winning. Um, it was interesting in my in my the first time I ran, Labour won it fairly comfortably. And then the second time, in which was in 2019. Um, Labour were doing very badly in Sheffield overall They lost a lot of seats to the Lib Dems And the Greens in Sheffield in 2019 um, Anyway, the Walkley result was taking ages And I thought, what the hell's going on? So I, I went over to where they were counting it and I spoke to one of the guys from the local Green party in Sheffield And they said, oh, it's gone to a third recount But what? How's that <laughs> Basically, there were, ju- there were only a few votes in it between the sitting Labour councillor and the Green candidate.
0: Oof. Did you um, think it was you at one point? Did you think, I a chance That would have been That would amazing. have been fantastic.
1: I ended up coming fifth um, in 2019. What, who, who beat okay. you? Uh, Labour won by 41 votes and the Greens... Then the Lib Dems, then UKIP. Oh and no, no. no. Damn, no way. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing in 2019 where I, I, I lost to UKIP. 2018, oh, no. 2018, I, 2018 I came fourth, but <laughs> there wasn't a UKIP candidate. So oh, I no, I, I I beat and I, I should emphasize I only just beat the Yorkshire party.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh no, and, I
1: beat the trade unionist and socialist coalition oh, a, and <laughs> I beat the and I beat the women's equality party oh, in 2019. There you we go. Well, it <laughs> got some wins <laughs> that's, uh, that's
0: uh, losing uh, it, to you? Take, take, that's, I'd take that. Would you would you blame <laughs> would you say that uh, Theresa May's sort of influence had a you know at the time you know the, the I was in, I was out in uh, Newport and it was just after Theresa May had Oh, because there was uh, a violation there. Wasn't Yeah, it yeah, yeah, I was I was out every twice a week in Newport. If it wasn't for UKIP, we'd have won that by-election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it, yeah, it was the Brexit. Was it UKIP or Brexit Party? I think it was Brexit Party. It was, UK, it was, it was no, UKIP.
1: it was UKIP. But it was UKIP. Oh,
0: yeah, it was because it was... Yeah. Um, Neil Hamilton was the one standing. Uh, yeah. And...
1: Good and old i old remember Andrew would, good and we good he, old neil
0: yeah good old neil always getting in the way and neil actually didn't go to did it, fun fact he didn't actually go and knock on any doors he stood in the center <laughs> of newport handing out leaflets with and people throwing them in bins and things around him and somehow he still managed to take votes <laughs> in on the front he of his space. <laughs> yeah. it, it was awful he wasn't, he wasn't actually in the constituency I mean, he was in a different constituency I'm, i mean i'm right to say we had a pretty good candidate in newport as well yeah no um yeah no um uh, Evans, oh, I've gone where his, his first name is. Um, it was
1: Matthew Evans. Matthew Evans. That's Matthew, it. Matthew Evans. I think.
0: Yeah, no, Matthew, you know, we, uh, cause I went to the Welsh, I go to the Welsh conference every year and, you know, obviously because I helped him out and, you know, he comes to say hello and stuff like that, we had a pint and, and you know, he, he says that he will stand again. He came very close in in 2019. Um, to oh, winning the no. election, he came very, very oh, yeah. close, and, and it's just the way that he. I don't think he'll stand again, but that's obviously not for me to say. Obviously, he'll listen to this, and he'll make his own press conference on when this goes into circulation. <laughs> um, Leave a comment below. So, <laughs> yeah, So, actually, we're going to move into the uh, into the mailbag uh, round, uh, mailbag section. Uh, I've got a few questions uh, from uh, from from people who want to listen to the podcast. I sent uh, a message out, a tweet out, saying, "Give us some questions of what you'd like to uh, to hear." what you'd like to say to our, to our guests and to, and to you, Matt. But this first question comes from uh, Ben Wood, um, who aims just really at Labour or anyone who isn't Conservative. He says, um, did you condemn Labour Member of Parliament Stephen Kinnock for attending his dad's <laughs> 78th birthday party? With the same vigour you criticised <laughs> Dominic Cummings, and if not, <laughs> why? Albert, take the floor.
2: Well, to, to be fair, I, I did read about this situation. He didn't, it wasn't, he didn't drive as far as like, Dominic Cummings did to Durham. And from my understanding, he, he he just, like, met his dad outside his dad's house, like, and stood two metres away from him, and then left. So it doesn't really seem as bad as really Cummings, from what I've read, but... You know, like so.
3: At the beginning of the podcast, we pretty much all said that we didn't hate Dominic Cummings. So,
2: but yeah, yeah, like it's not. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't seem like he's done anything that bad particularly. But maybe there's something else that I don't know about. But I think I think
0: it's because he went.
2: I think I I just. I don't think it's that helpful for this like individual name calling. No, like like, oh you broke the rules. Oh, you did this. You know, yeah, like petty. Just try and follow the rules yourself and like you'll be alright. Like so what if if somebody else breaks the rules and gets ill themselves, like
0: if you follow the example of every (laughs) Matt, do you condemn the
3: example of everyone in government then you wouldn't have a very fulfilling life?
2: I would (laughs) I don't don't personally condemn him, no. But I don't actually I don't speak for the Labour Party to be fair. So like it it is but Um,
1: do you you condemn At the time actually I actually defended Stephen Kiddett. Um, when he did when he did what he did, I mean, I, I heard about it and I read into it and all that kind of stuff. He didn't actually, you know, he drove he drove quite a long way, granted, but he kept apart from them. You know, he didn't go within two meters of them, and he was actually, I think, he was actually getting them some shopping as well. Yeah. Um, yeah which, um, so at the time, I actually defended him. So,
2: you know, I, I don't condemn him. If I, I he it... he would have been. It would be worse if he was, like, now really attacking Dominic Cummings or something, but I haven't really yeah. particularly heard him being, like, really, you know. No,
1: he's, the, he's been Stephen Kinnock in particular has been very, very quiet on the matter. You know, I don't and and also,
0: I also there's Vaughan Gething it. in uh, the health minister f- in, the, in the Assembly, who's a, a huge yes. critic of, of doing an absolute cat- – if you think the UK government's done a catastrophic job, look at the Welsh government, horrendous. Um, but, mm. they've, <laughs> but, but he actually went for a picnic in Cardiff Bay with his wife and um, he was, and he was yeah. talking to people, and he wasn't. He was talking to people, and he wasn't keeping two meters. Not only did he break lockdown, he also wasn't keeping the social distancing. Yet somehow he's got away scot free. So, um, well,
1: I've, I think the interesting thing as well, the other day it came out that Leo Varadkar, the current uh, Irish Prime Minister, broke his own lockdown rules as well. And yet yeah. the Irish press were more focused on attacking Cummings than they were attacking their own Prime Minister for breaking his own lockdown. I think I-
2: I think highlighting Kyle Walker as well is an important uh, person. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kyle Walker, <laughs> Kyle Walker. exactly did. <laughs> <laughs> we're well, have,
1: to. have you two, did any of you hear about uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi? the um, footballer. Oh, yes. yeah. And Another naughty boy. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the current England squad were doing so well in just being, you know, decent guys, very well behaved, pleasing Gareth Southgate, all that. Hudson-Odoi, he now goes off, and he he's acute, He and he clearly breaks social distancing, and he's now accused of raping someone. Yeah, he, he got he, arrested. But, yeah, got oh, arrested. Not, yeah I mean, not a great run. No, no,
3: great run no. I mean, and
1: he's not. And he's nineteen. I mean, he was just at the start of his career. Yeah. I mean, I gotta, if he's found if he's found guilty of this, I mean, that's it. Yeah,
3: I've got to extra credit for not credit, but. It's an extra feat to rape someone during lockdown. Like, that's going above. Well, <laughs> you know. Neil, that's
1: Professor really breaking, Neil, r- really Professor, breaking r- yeah. Neil Fer- Professor Neil Ferguson managed to go and see his mistress.
0: Yeah. I've got another question oh. here from uh, uh, Rhys Thomas, uh, who is Plaid Cymru. Uh, and he says, um, do you him. think that the different he- lockdown rules in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland means that a breakup of the United Kingdom is coming sooner
2: than later? No. No, very no. simple
0: answer there for about that,
2: no, but that, that, i i i wouldn't think so it, it has been interesting how the different like regions have dealt with it particularly in scotland um but i i don't think that that would necessarily lead to a breakup of the united kingdom i think that's possibly a bit of a stretch I
3: think the islands are going to drift apart and yeah
2: i think brexit would be more of an issue than this yeah. particularly in relation to Ireland.
0: well of course brexit will be something coming up uh, very soon i thought we'd stay away from brexit today we could get into it uh, uh, well nice I, that about. was that was
2: the thing before before coronavirus i, I was would like I, the want, only oh, I want i want i want something yeah i want something to, to talk about <laughs> in the yeah, news that's I mean, not brexit either, but I, yeah, I didn't mean this <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Even, i don't
1: know what it is but even bad news stories like the nat- like a natural disaster say in my mind i mean i'll just say it's horrible but it's anything but COVID. I'd yeah. rather be listening to on the news right now. It's, it's it's re-
2: so, it really it's, gets to you. It's so dispiriting just watching it endlessly. And when you when then you see those stories saying about like you know who knows when it'll end and could be yeah, going I mean, on forever. Well, and oh, it's just uh, it's such a nightmare. It's,
3: <laughs> you can all, There's a, there's another news story. Uh, there's about SpaceX. Oh, and you yeah. could be Listening uh. to. Uh, there isn't much to talk about that.
0: <laughs> and it's the first, it's the first, course, first US, well, man mission from US since yeah since 2011 that's pretty cool um, huge, but sadly uh, but it's got Elon Musk involved who's an absolute yeah he's, he's a bit of a controversial figure he's, he's probably listening a, into I this mean, conversation right now but uh... didn't yeah, he, let's didn't not even he, go into his child's name didn't
1: didn't he smoke a joint on the Joe Rogan podcast he did yeah and then his shares God. went
2: down loads I heard <laughs> it was the size <laughs> of a I think that's a bit stupid to be honest He's, he's basically like, I,
3: I do think that's a bit of a like over. I mean, the guy's just like, he almost just seems like, I don't know, like a really, he's just a very eccentric guy. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I've always thought of Elon Musk as a sort of lovable, eccentric figure, who's clearly very bright and wants to do some really great, innovative yeah. things, but he's a bit wacky. Yeah, but
3: He's just like a mad scientist. He's like a real like, mad <laughs> <Yeah>. scientist. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I don't yeah,
3: care. I, I like him, but yeah, yeah. especially since I, I, I like the uh, fact that we're going to, uh, into space again. Uh, you know, I think, and for God's sake, it's something other than Corona, like you said. Yeah,
2: yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so Albert, yeah. obviously, uh, during this time, you haven't been able to go and fly out to Zimbabwe. For the Unfortunately, not. No, I'm, usually, Corner, I'm usually
2: I'm usually there every week.
0: But. Have you got <laughs> any news from the greatest well, African country of all time?
2: I, I, yeah. I mean, since obviously, since we were speaking about this last time, we we have a new leader. Yeah, uh, we do, in, yeah. In Zimbabwe <laughs> now, He's, uh, and their leader is called uh, Emerson Man I think that's how you pronounce it but I'm not certain if there's any Zimbabwean viewers you can let me know <laughs> should probably we should be will. a he he is, Zimbabwe
3: is, uh, expert, you should know uh, well, I, I,
2: thought uh, yeah, I thought it was man Manangawa
0: Manangawa, it's uh,
2: something like that I, I've got it written down but I don't know how to I, you know, <laughs> exactly pronounce it but he is, his nickname is the Crocodile uh, although he is known that, his was, his, a, that known was a in his villain
1: his in Assassin's Creed I was yeah, thinking he, that was
2: thinking he's, <laughs> inspired, yeah, he's inspired by that but he's known in his home province as the Godfather, apparently. Uh, Again,
1: not very encouraging. <laughs> he
2: has he has he has nine children, um, and he's a Chelsea FC fan. He's a family man. So he's there's just all sorts of. I just wanted to give you some interesting facts about this new leader. Uh, in terms of <laughs> in terms of how Zimbabwe is related to coronavirus, apparently there's been fifty six confirmed cases and four deaths. So. Well so that's com-
0: I, that's I mean, confirmed. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's confirmed. Confirmed. yeah
2: yeah that's that's what I, the internet said.
1: But... I've, I've, I mean I've got to say I mean I remember when the Zimbab- when Mugabe was got rid of and said it it was <laughs> it was I mean it was some of the stuff that was, com- that was appearing on the internet some of the it was the, it was a great day for memes
2: yeah. When all yeah. of that
1: happens. I mean, I think I think my favourite one was a n- s- subtle indication there might be a coup. Your news anchor is suddenly this guy t- telling mm-hmm. you that it, this is totally not a coup, and it was this think my weird army yeah. general. I think really my, my favourite moment. You say, this is not a coup. Everything <laughs> yeah, is, okay. is not a coup. Relax. I think <laughs> the, my favourite my favorite <laughs> moment was
0: definitely when they when the day after when they got they, they obviously seized Mugabe and they made him written him a speech to do a. Um, to do his resignation speech and then they sat there they knew exactly what was coming up and then they got to the end of the speech and they realised Mugabe hadn't resigned he actually went <laughs> off and did his own yeah. speech in the end and <laughs> yeah. they also looking like we can't kill him on air but what we're going to do <laughs>
1: what we're we going to do uh, the, the thing is it's not just Zimbabwe I mean, it's across Africa as a whole I mean a lot of Changes have really started to come in. I mean, Jacob Zuma, our favorite, um, oh,
2: no, uh, yeah,
1: corrupt, our favorite corrupt chicken farmer, another classic, <laughs> so another classic, gone, yeah. Um, he has gone replaced by a guy who's actually relatively
2: decent, it's gotta be said. Although, Cyril, I think I Cyril think, Ramaphosa, I think there is still a corrupt dictator in Cameroon, I read somewhere, yes, fire. So, so, I mean, he's so about,
1: we've got yeah. that at least, yeah. <laughs> I've got, I think that you've have got we've got the situation in Ethiopia where the country there is opening up. They've made peace with
2: Eritrea. Yeah um, You yeah, can always because, go you can always go to the Central Asian countries for corrupt dictators. They're always good. Cool. Yeah. yeah, they're always you the want, if, you want, if you want if you, want your fix, if you want your fix corrupt dictators, there's plenty there's plenty yeah. still there. <laughs> then, but you've got but you've got the
1: situation in Sudan as well, which I don't think oh, yeah, anyone they, talks about it enough. that that's going it's going much better than I thought it was going to go, let's put it that way. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: I mean they got so, rid of probably one of the worst dictators the world's seen in the last 50 or 60 years. And it's actually going pretty well there at the moment.
0: Yeah. So uh, taking um, inspiration from question time, we always finish the podcast with a, a light-hearted question to get you into the mood, just to finish it off. You know, we've had a, quite a serious discussion throughout all of this, mainly not in the last bit, but uh, in, in the, you know, we've had, we've had some last, but it's time to finish it off with a nice, easy question. Uh, so my question to you, to you lot is, um, you have driven 260 miles uh, without getting caught. But where have you gone? What are you doing? And who are you with? Dominic Cummings style. So has anyone got any ideas of what they're doing? Where have they gone in for 260 miles? Who are they with? What are they doing?
1: South uh, of France, <laughs> eating a massive bowl of seafood and just drinking all the gin I can find.
0: With who, though? With whom? Matt? Which politician with, yeah, with, are you with? With who? Oh, God,
1: with <laughs> who? Michael Portillo, it that it just right. suits him. That, that, that suits. So, in that him does. I like that. that
0: Michael, it, South African with Michael. I can, I can <laughs> picture that. Albert, who are you I'd going? I'd
2: be? be, I'd be at a Pizza Express in Woking with Prince Andrew. That is. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my. That would be my dream yeah. location.
0: <laughs>
1: will, will he be sweating?
2: He, no, no, he, he would a, not. He, he would not yeah, he, is, he is unable to. <laughs> <laughs> What's
1: the point? Will you be sweating? <laughs> I, I probably would be.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if you
1: know the
3: sweating he would have done.
2: I would be. Yeah, out of fear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ed who? Have you, what have you thought? What have you thought of?
3: Oh God! Realistically, I've just driven 200 miles into the fucking ocean floor and just waited for it to end. <laughs> yeah, wait, with who? With, though? with, with who? Ed? With who? Uh, my wife at gunpoint. No,
0: it's got sure. to yeah. like, be a politician. My God. It's got to be a politician.
2: Your wife um, is a politician.
3: <laughs> well, basically, you're asking which politician would I want to murder suicide with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd probably take... I don't know. Uh, Keir Starmer. Fuck it. Keir Well, the personality. <laughs> that's <laughs> the <laughs> most interesting but, thing that's going to happen in his life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, I, I, I think God I would go to... Um, I'll go take a caravan, go up to the Lake District or the West of Wales, um, you know, spend a week, two weeks there uh, with a nice simple one with Liz Truss. I think it should be an absolute on-the-ball international trade. Oh, it'll be lovely. I, I think it'll be a great one. I'll tell either, you what. I, I trust. You a the it was either Liz Truss or... Um, <laughs> uh, Oh, I've gone Ed Davy. That was it. Ed Davy. I because I need to get to know Ed Davy. I haven't I haven't got to know him yet, so I'd love to go with have, Ed Davy. Have, have you ever met Liz Truss? I know. Larry. I, know.
1: I <laughs> all I almost met her because she in twenty eighteen she in the local election she came to Sheffield to launch our local election campaign in Sheffield, which unfortunately I couldn't make. Um, but I'm I'm told by on very good account that she is completely balmy. In terms yeah, of personality, <laughs> I she, don't is, talk about. she is absolutely <laughs> she she has absolutely <laughs> no shame. I've been told that she will just do anything. Who, didn't she? Nah, have, exactly. who, did, who, did, who, who did
2: she have an affair
1: with? That was uh, Mark Fields. He yeah. was until last year. He was the, the yeah. Conservative MP for the cities of London and Westminster. Yeah, that's the London. guy. Yeah, yeah. And he was the guy who, when Philip Hammond, when he was still Chancellor, was. Giving a dinner, he was giving a speech rather, um, and a, a, I think it was an extinction rebellion activist was. But yes, crack, that's was it. Yeah, yeah. Mark Field was the guy who pa- seemed to manhandle her. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was
0: someone. Yeah, I knew someone. I'd like to change. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I like to change, man. I'd like to go to Western Supermare go karting with David Blunkett.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> god. <laughs> I've met David Blunkett. He's actually a nice bloke. Very, very nice man. I've heard, I've heard <laughs> he, the same thing. I hope he's the he, most, yeah, he the most le- normal he, person he, in there. He lectures occasionally at Sheffield University. So obviously he's from the city. He was, he was an MP there. And he, um, um, he, he was actually a dissertation tutor to one of my friends. And I'm, I met him very, very briefly. One of the nicest blokes you could ever come across in your life.
0: Pig <laughs> Farming with David Cameron. Uh, (laughs) You've got university open days with Nick Clegg. You know, there's, there's <laughs> endless um, possibilities of what you, where you can go with this.
1: Uh, a synagogue opening day with Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. I think you'd love
0: that. You'd love that. Or <laughs> with Ken <Livingston, laughs>
2: more like With Ken Living. Oh, yeah, with Ken. Oh, oh, Ken. We, haven't heard, we, we haven't heard much from I Ken. I have not heard from no, Ken no, in a really. long time. I have
0: not. And on the bombshell of Ken Livingston, it's time to end the podcast there. It's been a great return. You know, we're in a good mood. And I'm, we're yes. going to try and get yes. them out. We're going to try and get them out. At, at least you know once a week you know once every two weeks when we when we can do it but there will be f- as frequent as they were before you know we're going to go back this will obviously be available on spotify and apple itunes uh so i'd like to say thank awesome. you to albert and ed obviously ought to say i say left early uh, no one knows why um but, uh, <laughs> yeah, went to get,
2: his dinner. Went to get his dinner
0: well that's that's it um so like that's thank you then i'd like to thank our special guest matt fender you've given us a barrel of laughs today talking thank about you, you're running the council <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much and on that bombshell uh, will see you all later bye bye